Blog Talk Radio. Hi guys, good evening and welcome to the BRO's month of May. It is Tuesday, May 3rd, 2011 and tonight's oh, interview nice. will be done by me, Jess, and Amber, as always, and Amy, as always, on our switchboard. Tonight we will be interviewing Candace Acula, who plays Carolyn Forrest. Hello Candace. how are you? Great, I'm good, how are you guys? Um, we're good, we're so happy to have you tonight. I know. It's, it's wonderful to be chatting with you guys. You guys have been my, my saving grace. I just got my car towed for the first time. So thank you for providing a wonderful, humorous distraction from the oh, little moment so happened well- today. <laughs> you're so welcome. And, guys, in case you didn't know, it sounds like we might get a small twofer because I think Ernesto Riley may just at least say hey to us because he's in the car with Candace. So that's pretty awesome, right? Yes, Ernesto O'Reilly is saving the day. He's he's taking me to the car lot. So, <laughs> so he sends his, his Ernesto O'Reilly love to you all. Well, that, that's awesome. All right, we're going to go right into it because it's Friday night, and we know you're going to be busy trying to get your car back. So. Yeah. <laughs> May is not only TVD month, it's also Lyme Disease Awareness Month, which we know is dear to your heart. Can you tell us about your CrowdRise birthday project as well as your Show Me Your Moo Moo project, Raising Money for Lyme Disease? Yes. Um, I, I've been I, – I was sitting down with my friend Cammie, who, um, who owns Show Me Your Moo Moo with her, with her partner, Cologne, and uh, business partner, Cologne, and, um, and, and we, it just kind of – the idea came from that, I, you know, with May being, you know, not only my – not only May Lime Awareness Month, it's also my birthday month, and and so I wanted to kind of join together, um, you know, in celebration things that are just really near and dear to my heart, and um, Turn the Corner Foundation being one of them, and then also, you know, I'm just so proud of my friends and, and what they've done with their with their um, clothing line in such a short amount of time. So she found a beautiful, beautiful fun print with just enough lime green, and all the proceeds, all the profits. Um, when you buy one at showmeyourmoomoo.com, uh, goes straight to Turn the Corner Foundation, which focuses on Lyme disease research and, um, and and not just awareness, which is really important because, you know, I think that's the most important thing that we need to learn is, is how to detect it better. And um, it's all about finding it out that you've contracted the disease early on. And then, you know, there is a way to take antibiotics, but it's once it gets misdiagnosed, it's once it, you know, becomes more in its chronic form that it completely takes over your life, which has happened to a dear friend of mine um, from school. Um, and she actually, the, the Moo Moo's named after her, uh, it's her family nickname that they've given her is Bird. So she got to name the Moo Moo. And, and so I hope everyone, you know, has a second can, and if they, they like the the piece, you know, buy one. It's for a really great cause, and it's really adorable. And um, and yeah, I, I, as you can tell, I could talk about it for hours. <laughs> I've been really excited about it. And the CrowdRise page, yes, I, I'm very new to the world of all this, like wonderful, you know, ways on the internet to to promote great causes. And, and so I, I just, you know, put up the CrowdRise page. Um, so it, which is if any kind of donation, because I know, you know, buying a Muma could if you you know, can't necessarily buy a movement at this point. You know, it's a great way to to donate and and give back to the cause. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I, and let me tell people, too, just so they know, I did put up a post on VampireStalkers.com with all the information, with all the links, so you can go to the CrowdWise page, and you can also go to the site to buy the Moomoo if you can do that. And I, we've been encouraging people that if they can't afford to do a Moomoo, to at least donate the amount of money for the year of your birth, so that way, you know, for your birthday. Because I know everybody likes to send you stuff and do great things for your birthday. So maybe if they can do this in the place of that, then that will be a, you know, it'll really make a difference for it. Yeah, no, thank you. And and that's so wonderful. And, and thank you for doing that and, and for posting um, all the links and and yeah, I mean I'm turning 24 this year, so I mean that that is wonderful. You know, if if any in lieu of of any awesome, you know that that would be the best gift in the world is would be to um, contribute to turn the corner. Well, I hope it. I hope you earn lots and lots of money. I actually have an aunt who was misdiagnosed for a long time, and we really thought she was going to pass away. And um, because we didn't know what was wrong. We didn't know what they were yeah. doing, and it was so bad. And now she's so much better because she's taking the medicine and doing what she needs to do. So it, it is a, definitely a disease that can get you before you realize that it's happened. So that it, it makes it important for awareness, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it blows my mind that, you know, one of the common misdiagnosis, um, or it commonly gets misdiagnosed as Parkinson's, Parkinson's disease. I mean, it can be so crippling and... and um, and you just don't have control of your body anymore. And um, sorry, sorry, Meta, <laughs> we're on an adventurous interview today. <laughs> oh man, um, yeah. But thank you for posting the links. That's very exciting. Okay, well, um, we have some Vampire Diaries questions, of course. So we'll get right Yay! in. <laughs> what went through your mind when you found out that Carolyn was going to be turned? Did you miss playing a human since now humans seem to be the rare breed on the show? Well, I mean, I personally was very excited to when I, you know, heard that Caroline was going to turn. I, I kind of had gotten little teases from the writers during our hiatus, but, you know, you always kind of take storylines with a grain of salt because they change constantly. Um, but I'm glad that this one stuck, and it was, you know, such – a wonderful year and, and, and such a wonderful way in which the character got to grow into, um, you know, herself as a vampire was a really fun ride. And I know that is the one thing, though, where humans are kind of a dying breed on our show right now. <laughs> um, so, but, but, but which leaves great opportunity, though, for new characters to come in and, and to kind of, you know, have it be, you know, potentially be a secret all over again. And, and you know, there still are a lot of people that don't know, and and um, and even when they find out, and then they get, you know, compelled. And so, um, so yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. That's what it's so great, you know, especially with the finale coming up, and then also with you know season three. You know, there's just been so much that's happened this year that I, you know, it'll be a great kind of come down from and from all of these big action moments that just happened. Yeah, who would have known that being a vampire would give you job security, right? <laughs> uh, well, no, but that's the thing is that it's really not job security. <laughs> I mean, I'm actually, you know, when I when I did get turned, I, every female that has come on the show to play a vampire has been killed off. That's true. It bought you a year, though, <laughs> so we're glad. 
Yeah, so it actually, you know, part of me was like, yay, and then I was like, oh, man, what does this mean? Yeah. But it actually, you know, I'm, I'm glad that that they, the writers gave the character an opportunity to, um, and, and, the, and the viewers as well, to kind of see the full transformation of, of what, it, what happens when, you know, uh, someone becomes a vampire. And, um, and it was, yeah, it was really fun. Congratulations on season three, by the way, since we brought that up. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's really, really exciting. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's been three years already, like coming up on three years. It doesn't seem like the show's been on for two now. It's kind of kind of crazy. Yeah, no, it definitely does not seem like three years. It, it, and, I, it, you know, I like to call it uh, being out in Atlanta, you know, we're like the traveling circus that doesn't really travel anywhere. <laughs> you just kind of get, you know, sucked into this, you know, endless abyss of just of being on this set and, and, and in this story. And um, so it it is crazy to think that, you know, that it, time just goes by so fast. And, and yeah, and then you start, you know, feel that's, you know, because everyone's always telling you, like, enjoy your youth it goes by quickly and then you find yourself actually saying how quickly it goes by it's bizarre it's crazy yeah it's crazy (laughs) Uh, (laughs) okay we've seen caroline has evolved a lot from season one to season two do you think that her maturity that her maturity changed because she became a vampire or do you think that caroline really just grew up I think a lot of it, you know, I think that when anybody, you know, goes through a traumatic experience in their life, um, you know, there's, you know, you hope to grow from it. You know, that's what you, and so I think that that is what ultimately, Carol, I don't think because she's a vampire, she's automatically wiser. I think that because of the extreme circumstances that she's been faced with, (laughs) but I think the extreme circumstances in which Caroline's been placed in, you know, and things confronting her relationship with her mother, um, you know, con- confronting her own insecurities um, and, and how she treats her friends and, and, and how she expects other people to treat herself. I mean, the fact that throughout the whole first season, I mean, she ultimately was in an abusive relationship with, and, you know, coming into season two, she just didn't take that anymore. She set out higher level. She raised the bar of what she expected on other people treating on how other people treat her. So I think it's ultimately the situations that she's been placed in that have you know caused her to grow. And um, and I don't think it's necessarily just from being a vampire. But it's been really fun. Um, been um, <laughs> it's been really fun playing it out and and, and learning more about the character. Okay, now that's yeah, I, I totally agree. But now that Carolyn knows her mom knows she's a vampire, do you foresee Carolyn turning off the part of her that is human and maybe becoming a more Damon type vampire in order to deal with it? I don't. Well, that's what's interesting is is you know I didn't know if that's necessarily a, way, a direction in which the writers were going to take Caroline to kind of cut off her emotions, but she's actually very emotional, you know, and she feeds into that a lot. I mean. Even that's kind of been her theme is, is learning to control everything. And, 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 you know, at the beginning of the season, she was very impulsive. And even with Matt, you know, you know, she attacked Matt. And, and, um, and then you come towards the end and, you know, she's able to feed people her blood without going off the rails. I mean, the, um, I think that, that, uh, that she's just learning to control her impulses. Right. 
Well, in a recent interview, Michael said that he would like to see Carolyn and Tyler together because a vampire werewolf couple was taboo. Do you agree with this, or is Matt her one and only? I don't think any character has a one and only yet at this point. I mean, I you know, pe- viewers, myself included, sometimes forget that not that much time has really passed. Um, you know, because we, we went directly into you know, it was the day after was between the two seasons. And then a lot of our episodes are the morning after or, you know, our continuation of the day. So what feels like two years for the, from the viewer standpoint is actually, you know, only what, like maybe six months to maybe a year. So, so I, I don't think we know enough about the characters to say that one person is meant for anyone else. And also we have to remember that these are very young characters, you know, they're in high school. So, and so even, so everything feels like an end-all, be-all, not just because there's a life and death element, but because they're all, you know, figuring out their love lives for the first time. And if you think back to when you were in high school, it's like, you know, it was always such a big deal. You know, like the when you had feelings for someone, they were the one and only, and it was all very dramatic. And, you know, and then, you know, the next week you'd meet someone else, and it was all very, very dramatic. And, you know, that's just what it is to be a teenager in love, I think. And so... um so I think it's all very, very young love, and that's the cool thing about a series is you get to see these characters grow up and and become a, a more mature love. Well, I think a lot of the Matt Carolyn fans would, would not like me very much right now, but I have to say <laughs> that I am totally enjoying the loving moments between her and Tyler. I mean, I know she's just being his friend, but I can see the potential there, vampire werewolf or not. It just it does look like something that could work because she really does care. Uh, that's the way it seems at this point, that she really does care about him as a friend so deeply that it could go further. Yeah, well, I mean, that just great. And then even, you know, that's kind of been a constant question of the season has been, you know, Matt or Tyler. And, you know, I think it just comes down to Matt is, you know, someone that Caroline had a lot of feelings for. And, and also all any kind of male relationship or, you know, you know, Caroline's always started off with like, you know, with with a lustful intention with any kind of male relationship that she's had in the show. And Tyler's kind of the first, <laughs> Tyler's kind of the first, um, you know, male character in which it started from a friendship that they didn't have this like ongoing, you know, like, Ooh, I want him, you know, it purely started from a friendship perspective. So I think it does create a different kind of uh, tone to their relationship that is also really relatable and, and sweet to watch. It is sweet to watch, even though I am team Matt, it is sweet to watch. <laughs> um, all right. Um, we take most of our questions from the fans, and actually this next question, I don't know if you know about C. Acula Webb, but it's a girl named Maddie who runs it, and she sells Team Caroline bracelets uh, for Lyme awareness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so she couldn't join us tonight um, due to a family illness, so I told her, I promised her I'd ask this question. So this next question is for Maddie, and um, she said, do you wish they would have focused more on the friendships of Caroline, Elena, and Bonnie, and do you hope to see this happen for them in Season 3? I, I definitely, and I even, what's funny is for the Chicago Comic-Con, um, you know, that something similar to that question did get brought up. Um, because I think that what I do love about this show is that it, it 
it unites the women. I mean, there have been very, you know, prominent moments in which the women, you know, the young women of the show are very supportive of each other. Like when Caroline got captured and then, you know, Bonnie and Elena came over for the sleepover, you know, it's a, I think it's important, you know, to have that on not just like this dramatic cat fight all the time, you know, on television amongst women. And I think that that is something that, is missing from a lot of other shows. And I think that there's just been so much storyline to tell this year, you know, that it it did feel almost a little bit separate. But uh, when the, those moments did happen, uh, you know, it was really, really nice to see on the page, and it was really nice to, you know, act out. And, you know, and I, I love my female castmates. And, um, and so I do hope that there's more exploration of that coming up in season three. And, and I know that, you know, the writers have even, you know, kind of mentioned that when it – or Julie had – you know, mentioned that she loves those moments as well. It just comes down to, you know, there's a lot, they just, there's a lot of great storyline to tell and there's a lot of big moments that came up this season that they really needed to, you know, get on the screen and get on the page. So, um, but I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to season three to see how the women all come together um, for sure. Yeah, we are too. That, that sleepover episode, I think a lot of people could relate to it because most, I know that like, I have two best friends that are girls. Like, most people travel in threes. So I think a lot of people can relate to having, uh, you know, two different best friends, but you're all best friends. And so that scene was one of, I know from, I could tell from reviews and stuff, a lot of people really love that scene. So It was really sweet. I, I enjoyed it on the page just as much as I did once it got on the screen. And, um, yeah, and it's important. I mean, that's it hurts my heart to see, like, you know, and it's also a great reminder that, you know, especially when that we shoot in Georgia, you know, I have a lot of wonderful, you know, girlfriends all over and, and um, that I don't get to see very often. But that's what, it, you know, your real friends are, you don't have to see them all the time. You know, it's when you when you catch up, you know, there's just that constant thing where within a minute you pick up right where you left off. And, and um, but it just hurts my heart that there's so much, you know, so many programs and especially within all the reality television, it's just women cutting down other women. And for no reason, and, and the name calling, and it's just so unnecessary, you know. And and I I just don't understand why, you know. I I, I really it boggles my mind when, you know, we should be our, each other's biggest cheerleaders. You <laughs> know, it's just. I agree. So I, I'm really, yeah, I'm really glad that those moments um, came out on the show. I'm it's it's refreshing. I agree. Well, what do you think about Caroline being the central person in the series? Because she seems to be the link between many characters. Oh, well, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, I honestly think that everyone's, you know, with a big ensemble cast, everyone is kind of linked together. And, and so, you know, it, make, it makes it fun to go to work and, and have the opportunity to work with, you know, uh, everyone and, and to constantly have kind of a new face in, in front of you and, and have someone else like pushing your buttons and, and, you know, and, um, so in that element, you know, just part of the job, it makes it really, really fun. Um, and then as a character, I think that it's just a reflection of her establishing, you know, her new life. And, um, and yeah, I think it's, it's very cool. That, that she has the opportunity to be a part of um of so many of the of the other characters within within Mystic Falls. Yeah, Caroline's oh. the likable one. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! <laughs> well, th- well, thank you, the writers. <laughs> you know, they they really just they I I'm just so you know I I 
I'm, I'm always constantly excited to go to work, and I and I just love the opportunities that they gave the character this year, and and it's been I recognize them as as just beautiful opportunities. So, but yeah. So thank you to the writers. Well, speaking of the writers, I'm going to slip a question we don't have written down. My husband just slipped me a question on a piece of paper, and he wants to know. <laughs> <laughs> Did Julie and Kevin ever use the cast ideas for episodes? Pardon? Did Julie and Kevin ever allow the cast to have input but when they're writing the episodes? Um, no, I mean, no. I mean, obviously, if you, you know, I mean, I, I tried to pitch a storyline where we should have, you know, a doctor who the only way he can operate is by taking his shirt off and, um, you know, and that's just how he operates by just standing there shirtless. I mean, I know it doesn't sound sanitary, but I think we could all get past that pretty quickly. Um, you know, and obviously, like, jokes and stuff. You know, but no, I mean, obviously, they'll always listen, you know, if if, if you have an idea. But I, it's also, it is interesting, though, the, the things that, the little nuances that start to kind of become the character that are just things that you normally do. Because the more time you spend with the writers, the more they get a feel for who you are. And, and it just, it's, it becomes a very natural thing to kind of, you know, input certain little characteristics and, and little quirks that you, that you have, and 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 then you kind of start finding them in the script, and it, it's that's it's a bizarre thing, and I've heard about this, like, you know, through other people that that work in the business of television, that that's just what happens sometimes, and so that that's funny, that's a very bizarre thing, but um, but they'll always listen, but no, I mean they they. They've got so many ideas. They've got so many, you know, for every one idea, they've got like a million. So I know that they definitely don't need any help in that part. Right. Okay. With so many season two characters getting killed off, how does this change the morale around the set? Because we know you guys are such a tight cast. Yeah. I mean, I'm. It'd be. I'd be lying if I said that it just didn't affect anything. I mean, of course, it it it, it hurts the heart. Um, you know, it's hard um, because, you, you, yeah, and it is, you know, we are the traveling circus that doesn't travel. You know, we all, we all, and we all, when you're on location, you, it's very easy to become a family because you relocate to a completely different city that no one has lived in before. And then all of a sudden, you're kind of each other's immediate family and support system. Um, so when you start kind of removing pieces from that, you know, it is hard and um, it is sad. And, and, but at the same time, you know, we knew from day one that, that this is that this is the kind of show, this is the kind of episodic that we're on, that you just never know what's going to happen, and everyone's, you know, could potentially get killed off at one point or another. And But at the same time, you know, that's, that's what keeps it exciting, is that you really don't know who's going to go, and you don't know what's going to happen next. Right. Paul Summers actually told us um, earlier in the week that lots of times y'all don't get to see the script until late. So does that make you wonder all the way up till you get the script if you're next, or do you maybe get a little bit more of a heads up if you're dying? Um, you definitely get a bit of a head notice when when something's happening. I mean, not very much. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's all circumstantial, to be quite honest with you. You know, it, there's some times where we do get the script you know, early, there's times when you get it on time, and then there are times when the scripts come in right at the last minute, and that's just called, you know, that's just the creative process. You know, I it's not just like, you know, punching in numbers, and then you, you know, you get your sum total. I mean, it it, it is a creative process, and, and just as much as, you know, 
you, you just have to respect that. And and and, and so it, it's all circumstantial when it comes to the timeline of that kind of stuff. Well, we hope that you might get a whole nother season. I just want to throw that in there. Cause oh, I'm, well, thank you. You as a vampire, just loving it. I do. Oh, I want to you. Thank you. um, We learned interviewing some of the other cast members this week that the part that they got for the show was not necessarily the the first part they auditioned for, and we thought that was kind of cool. So we wanted to ask you if Caroline was the only part that you tried out for. No, I initially auditioned for Elena, but to my understanding, they had everybody come in for Elena, and then they sectioned everyone off into, like, sub characters. (laughs) Even Alaric auditioned for Elena. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I wonder why he didn't get the part. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, he should recite the line for us then, because I'm sure it was lovely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. <laughs> All right. We only have a couple more questions, um, but we did see uh, Caroline sing this season, and it was very good, and it was a very emotional scene. And uh, so your fans want to know if you're planning on expanding your music career. I wonder if, um you know what I um if I I don't I don't know I mean to be quite honest I've I've been writing for myself and the thing is is I I love music so much and and when I did move out to Los Angeles I moved out to pursue a career in music and then you know it just didn't it just wasn't I didn't enjoy it waking up to do it as my job but I enjoy it when it's just something that's a part of my life and um and so, and that's what I find interesting. You just never know. Like, you know, some people, you know, find the the art of acting is, is you know, when it is a job, then they they feel crippled by it. But for me, I actually, I love waking up in, in the morning and having this as my job and, and knowing that I can still feel creative at the same time. And with music, I just haven't found that balance yet. So, you know, if I feel inspired and, and it navigates its way into my life, and then who knows? Um, at this point, I'm... Uh, I'm just in vacation mode still from a heck of a season two. <laughs> well, yeah, y'all don't get much time off, so uh, <laughs> you do get something, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. We get like two. We get about two and a half months off. So, yeah, just enough time to get your car towed. <laughs> right. Well, I see. Is it hard to get used to um, actually sleeping at night and walking the earth during the day? Because I know y'all do a lot of night shooting. Yeah, honestly, it hasn't been too bad. I didn't, I didn't get, um, I didn't get the brunt of the night shoots this year. I don't think, like, I didn't feel it. Um, so I feel like there were a lot less. I don't know, maybe that's just me. I felt like there were a lot of less night shoots, but when there were them, they were, they were, they were rough. I will tell you that. Um, yeah, I mean, it just, it just is what it is, and and it's just funny because. You know, I feel like it's the only job in the world where stuff like this happens, and then I go home to visit my family, and my my dad's a doctor. And and he, he's like, yep, I'm taking off. Yeah, you just got called in. And, you know, I had to take off at, like, 1 in the morning, got in at 8, and then had to go back and make rounds. A couple. I was like, oh, yeah, they're actually, you know, actually it's not so bad. <laughs> actually, the fact that I have, you know, substantial time off around my night shoots, it's, you know, not so bad at all. So, you know, there's always a yin to the yang. Yeah. <laughs> well, um. This is a question you may or may not want to answer, but Paul Summers told us that you were his favorite this week, and he couldn't tell us oh. any. The funny part is, is he said he couldn't tell us any stories about you because you had so many good ones to share about him. So About Paul? 
Yes, about Paula. He said that you had lots of good stuff to tell from around the set. So um, I think he was a little nervous. <laughs> <laughs> and we totally want to oh, hear everything man. you want to tell us. So. <laughs> oh, man. Wait, what am I? Well, um, in what regards? Just It was funniest set stories, actually, is what we asked him. Any hijinks around the show, that kind of stuff. And, it, you know, the way we hear it, y'all, y'all play a lot of tricks on each other. Oh, tricks and pranks. Um, you know what? It, there wasn't a big. It wasn't as prominent in season two. The pranking. Um, it, it was. Yeah, that was that was more of a a season one thing. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if any, um, if any crazy things happened. I I don't know. I don't know. Or if there are, they they might. Yeah, they might have to just what happens on the travel if the traveling circus stays at the traveling circus a little bit. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we totally understand that. Well, he told us the David Anders story, and he told us the story oh, about. Oh, he did tell you the David Anders story. Okay, I asked him like because I wasn't there, so then I know, and I know he was so mortified. <laughs> oh man, it was brutal. He also, um, told us the story about um, a picture of Ian that was given to him by. Matt Davis, and they had T-shirts made, and that was pretty humorous as well. It's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> Are you guys hearing this sinister laugh? Yeah. Over here? yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, he we sent, hear it. He sent a picture after the show and told us we can do what we want with it. So who knows? Oh goodness. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, we see a charity project looming with Ian's ass all over. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Okay, well, um, we want to thank you and Matt for coming on tonight. And um, yeah, we have one small favor. If you could just provide a sound bite for us to use in the future, you can put your own spin on it, whatever you want. Just something along the lines of "This is Candace Ackla, and you're listening to the VRO." We would totally appreciate it. Yeah. Um. Whenever you're ready. Now, okay. Hey everyone, it's Candace Akala. You are listening to the VRO. <laughs> God. <laughs> Thank you guys for being so under I'm so sorry. I know I know that I I know everything just happened at once and, and it's a rental car, so I'm just scared to leave it. <laughs> That's a place too long. So thank you for oh, being no. so understanding. It was a great of, interview of the, and we appreciate it and you know, no it. worries. We had fun listening to your hygiene, your whole car issue anyway. So we're glad that we were there to talk. <laughs> Yes, well, thank you. I know Matt just said, when am I supposed to be on the VRO? When you schedule no. it. When, when you schedule it. Email. He can have Monday night. Does he want it? He can have Monday <laughs> night. Monday night. Taken. Monday night taken. He said okay. Oh, Monday, Monday night taken. taken. All right. Is Monday night taken? Oh, I'm sorry. Tuesday night. Yes. Tuesday night. Tuesday night. He'll do it. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got Matt Davis Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time, 6 p.m. Pacific time. 6 p.m. Pacific time. And Candace, Done. we hope to be back up. next season. Yeah, I know. I hope so, too. All right, guys. <laughs> well, um, thanks again, Candace, and thanks, Matt. We'll talk to you Tuesday. And I hope your car situation right. works out. All right. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, bye. bye. All right, well, that was fun, guys. And so I guess we have Matt Davis for Tuesday night.
Jessica, was he saying he was booked Monday or we're booked Monday? We're booked Monday. We, but it's not us. Not us. Amy's booked Monday. Oh, okay, okay. Okay. I was confused because I was like, wait a second, Monday's the 10th. Yeah. No, Monday's What's the guy's name? Amy is the guy from The Young and the Restless. I yes, don't have um, to tell you because I don't remember his name. Um, he plays Deacon Sharp on The Young and the Restless. I know that. And he's going to come on and talk about bullying on Monday night. Yeah, he was in Karate Kid 3, and he was actually the bully in Karate Kid 3. And um, throughout his high school life and his uh, middle school life, he was a, he was being picked on by bullies and stuff. And then when he got an adult, every role that he has played in a movie or a television show, he has been a bully. So he is um, starting this um, campaign against bullies. He has already took it to Congress, and um, so he's going to be joining us Monday. So you guys don't want to miss that interview. There you go. So, so I forgot about that, so I'm glad that you spoke up. But um, So next week's interviews are Matt Davis on Tuesday. On Wednesday we have Sarah Canning. So... For those of you that are really going to miss her, this might be your last time for a while to hear from her. So please send me your questions if you want to ask her a question because I will only be able to accept those until Monday. And um, we'll do Matt the same way. I'll accept questions from, from Matt also until Monday. So, you know, get your questions ready over the weekend. For some reason, Amber and I were talking about it earlier today, and maybe it's just because we're such awesome script writers. But for some reason, we're not getting as many questions as we are last season. Um, we're getting just as many listeners, which is great. But, guys, we do this for you. So we don't want to come up with all the questions. We want some of your questions. So it's a little daunting to us that when we're not getting as many because – and it kind of hurts my feelings. You know, I just – I feel like we're doing this for you. We're taking our evenings. I'm spending the better part of most of my day right now booking these guests for you, and I, I really want to know that we're getting asked the questions that you want to know, too. So please send them over, and we like to pick the best questions and use them. So remember, every interview needs a good 20 questions. So, you know, that's that's a big deal. So send them. Send them. Right, Amber? And, and, yeah, and the, and the reason she says that is we're not trying to say it to be mean, but sometimes we'll get people that will be – oh, well, we didn't like those questions, or why didn't you ask this? And we're like, well, why didn't you ask us to ask it? Because, I mean, we literally will take any question, as long as it's along the lines. I mean, if you ask something out of no line, we're going to ask it. Yeah, no personal like questions. And, I mean, Jess knows that for Gino, we got a question that was a, a little inappropriate and uh, couldn't ask it. So, I mean, as long as it's within the lines, then we're going to ask all your questions. I mean, that's just how we do it. Like, we're here to ask your questions. That's what we're doing. We're, we are definitely doing this for you guys. And we appreciate our listeners, and we love our listeners, and we wouldn't be able to do this without you, but we also need your help. <laughs> that's right, because we don't want. If we write every single script by ourselves without any fan questions, then they'll start to sound alike, because obviously – you kind of want to know the same things about every character in in a sense, you know, because they're all on the same show. So that's why we another reason why we'd like you to help because we don't ever want tonight's interview to sound out to sound like last night's interview. Right. That right. being said, how kick ass was last night's episode? Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Are we doing it's this? recap time. Are we doing this? Because 
We're done. Okay, we've got 24 minutes. All right. All right, guys. You want to add more time? Me and Jess are about to break it down. Add 30 minutes. Everybody everybody stay on the line. And, uh, Jess, I don't know where to start because I will say that, first of all, if you have not seen last night's episode, do not listen to everything we're about to say. Second of all, I think that I was the only person in the world that watched last night's episode and did not cry. I I didn't cry, but honestly, I didn't cry because I stand my ass on the side of that street, and I knew I knew a few more things than I should have known. So, but that's the only reason I didn't. I feel like the episode totally had the potential, and um. And let me throw this out there before before we get deep into it. I had 32 emails. That's right, 32 emails today of people saying they either had tours booked or they were thinking about booking tours. But every email got down to the wire and it said, um, is Damon going to die? So is Ian not going to be there when they're filming because he's going to die? And, folks, just wait and see. Let's be honest. We don't want to know that. Who wants to know that? First of all, second of all, do you really think they're going to kill Damon? And I, I mean, honestly, and I mean, honestly, too. I, here's another thing, too. Like, you need to book a tour with Jess. You need to book a tour with Jess. But by booking a tour with Jess, she's not guaranteeing you that they're going to be filming. So you you can't like get upset about that and you know expect her to know something that's going to happen in the future. The writers don't even know what they're going to do at this point. I mean, right. honestly, people so, don't. I don't have no idea. When they email me and they want to know if they're going to film February 20th, I don't know. You know what? Nobody knows because the writers write their scripts. They get the script on whether they get it on Monday or Thursday. They get the script a few days before they air. And until that script comes out and that script says we're shooting at Elena's house, nobody knows where they're going to be. So only I know a general area. They do kind of do things the same from season to season. Like if they filmed a lot last February, then they're probably going to film a lot this February on, you know, on location because of the weather. That's really the only thing that I can kind of tell you is the way it's happened the last two seasons and the way it's going to happen. So, And now we're going to cut that completely off and go back to recapping. I just thought it was so funny that – that I had so many emails of people saying, is Damon going to die? Because Jess called me today, and she was, like, crying. She's laughing so hard. She was like, I was like, Jess, I said, people really think you know this stuff. And she's like, seriously, I don't I don't know this kind of stuff. I mean, that is I don't want to know. If I knew if Damon was going to die, yes or no, next week, or in the first episode of season three, then I would just have to have my heart broken for even longer. I don't want to know until I absolutely yeah, exactly. have to know that question, yeah, because I'm... Team Damon, and we all know, so I don't want to and, know. And, I mean, Damon's a really big character, so if they do kill Damon, nobody knows except for who was there. And that's something that they would keep really under wraps. Like, you know, like, there's just, it just wouldn't, anyways, back to recapping. I'm, we're not going to talk about that. So, <laughs> so the episode starts out, you know, where last week left off, and, um, you know they're continuing the sacrifice, and they show up. Um, they show up with Jules, and I was really confused when he killed Jules because I thought that she needed to be in werewolf form, and I guess that that didn't matter. No, I don't think it mattered because he pulled her heart out. Right? right. I mean, what was the point? I mean, she's a wolf all the time. 
I mean, she's a werewolf. She was transforming. Yeah, she was already transforming. Greta just slowed it down. So I think that she was considered, just like Tyler Biden, Biden Damon, he wasn't in full wolf form, but he was he was turning into a wolf. So it, it was already considered wolf. That's true. Okay. So that happened. And then, um, so I was, uh, I'm, I'm torn about who to give the episode to. I have two MVPs in the episode, but, um, I was really confused when, you know, the, the scene between Jenna and Alina was brilliant. It, it was a very emotional scene. And for those of you that did cry, I'm not making fun of you because I understand why you would. Um, but when she said, I know what I have to do, and then just went over and bit Greta, I was like, I don't understand why that was what you felt like you had to do. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why didn't you just run like Elena told you to? <laughs> well, I think that she thought if she killed Greta that it would give Elena a bigger ch- a bigger chance. That, that, that was my take on it. I think if she thought the witch was dead, then that would give her, that would help. I mean, I guess that would make sense. I mean, I guess that would make sense. But I, I don't think, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess that would make sense. That, that that's what that that's how she felt. Um, so yeah, so that happened. Um, I didn't see Stefan swapping himself up. I didn't see that coming. But I knew, I knew obviously Klaus wasn't going to take him. But I didn't see that coming. But I mean, Stefan was pretty much the only vampire left in town. <laughs> <laughs> Damon was useless. Caroline's running from Tyler, and you know he wanted to save Jenna. So I thought that was a really good. That was that was a true Stefan move. That was a true Stefan moment. That that was a really good Stefan moment. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think that I did see it coming. I, I kind of felt like I knew he would do that, and and I also knew it wouldn't make any difference. So it was. A wasted two minutes, but that's just me. So you know, I I just feel like he should have been doing something different, trying to get her. He should have been trying to snatch Jenna, so that way they didn't have a vampire at all. But that's just you know what I would have thought he would have done. Right. You know. Right. It, you know, right. it can go either way. I mean, when you think about it, there's so many different ways that it can go that we can all contemplate, contemplate, contemplate. But uh, you know. I hate it that so many people did have to die. I honestly was not sorry to see Jules die because I haven't liked her from day one, so that was okay with me. I agree. You know, go for it. She's gone. That's great. You know, I didn't think that they would kill Greta this soon, though. Honestly, I really, I thought that was a whole other story that we were going to see go move on into season three and. So I am surprised by that, and and not because I didn't think they would kill her just because they wouldn't kill her, but just because I thought that that story was something we were winding up to to kind of explain a lot. Right. Well, a lot of people have talked on Twitter, and I kind of wish this would have happened. I mean, obviously Elena would have never said it like this, but right before Klaus fed on Elena, I wish Elena would have just looked at Greta and said, your dad and your brother are dead, bitch. Like, I just wish that that would have happened so Greta could feel that, you know, because, you know, we've all been wondering, did she have an alternative plan? Was she really on Klaus's side? And when we did our interview with Joseph Morgan, he did not let that into us. Like, we tried to trick him, and it didn't work. Yeah, we and tried. We tried to get it out of him, and he wasn't having it. So. 
But, I mean, he ended up answering it honestly because she was on Klaus's side, and I kind of just wish that Elena would have been like, we killed your dad and your brother, bitch. And then, you know, that's what I wish would have happened, and it would have been awesome. It would have been and, awesome. And I would have thought, you know what, I'm just going to be, I, I have this really funny thing that I want to kind of throw in there, and I, every time I've seen they feed off somebody on the show, okay, honestly, it did not seem like they fed off Elena any more last night than they ever have in the past, but he drank all of her blood that it took to kill her. So that right. was kind of weird. Did you notice that? Right. That was weird. It was um, it, it was, was quick. A, it was quick. It was quick. I kind of expected it, especially with Stefan watching, it could have been way more of a torture scene for him. Like, yeah. if that would have been drawn out just another even 30 seconds, just another 30 seconds, yeah, it would have been a really good drawn-out torture scene for Stefan. I felt like he but, should have been clawing at the ground, something, trying to get to her. Right, but he had that piece of wood broke off in his back. Yeah, but he so, could have clawed at the ground. He could have, you know what I mean? Something. He was still useless. He was still useless. He knew. And, I, you know, after Bonnie did the spell, I think he's pretty confident in Bonnie at this point. Stefan's the only one that's confident in Bonnie. Yeah. You know, Damon just doesn't care. I don't care if she dies. Stefan, you know, believes in her. I mean, you heard her say to Jeremy, we'll look until the last minute. Yeah. Well, I let mean, me that, just this. Cat Graham was a total badass last night. I loved seeing her play Bonnie and the way she just went in there and she knew what she was going to do and she was doing that chant, especially now that we know that half them damn words were made up. I'm just telling you, she looked like a badass, and she knew what she was doing, and she was there, and she meant business, and I'm so proud of her. I just, I'm telling you, that just did it for me. She was, she was there and on cue for sure. I, I agree, and um, I mean, the, every every step that she made in last night's episode was pre-planned for her. When she faked Jeremy out, when she stuck Alaric and John in the house where they couldn't leave because she didn't want anybody else to get hurt. I mean, Bonnie very thought out what was happening, and that's why when I say I have two MVPs last night, Bonnie's one because I think Bonnie really owned the show, but the other one is Uncle John. And because to me, I was not, up until last night's episode, I didn't care if he lived or died. And then last night when we saw that side of him and then her reading that letter at the end really gave him the show for me. I mean, I felt like last night's episode went to John and went to Bonnie. I mean, I couldn't choose between the two because I felt like both of their presence were very, very strong in that episode because both of them were working equally to try to keep Elena alive. So there was no, I mean, there was no, Bonnie wasn't doing any more than what John could do. Like, he, he was doing everything he could, and, I mean, he he gave up his life, and she was willing to give up hers, you know? Because you see that scene where she's with Elijah and Claude, and she goes, I'll take you both down. And she, don't, oh, yeah. she didn't even care. She didn't even care. Elijah says, you'll die. She goes, so? <laughs> like, this is Elena we're talking about, you know? And um, I, that's why I said I, I can't choose between John and Bonnie who stole the show last night because they both, they both stole it for me. They, they, both of their parts were my favorite parts of last night's episode. I think that um, if I had to choose, I would say Bonnie. Um, I I was very impressed with Uncle John last night, but I 
I still have a little bit of a hard time wanting to believe. I don't know. It just He's just a character that still eludes me a little bit. So, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see because I, I, it just, I don't know what else to say. I mean, he did a really good job. I love the way he gave her his life force. And, and I wonder if that will affect Elena later on down the road. I mean... It's kind of like somebody getting somebody else's heart. You always wonder, does that affect them, and does it make them think differently or feel things differently? So I'm curious to see if that will change anything for Elena. And, you know, he gave her the ring for her kids, but, I mean, Stefan can't give her kids. So, I'm, you know, I'm wondering if eventually if we're ever going to see her have any kind of a life that includes her doing those types of things too, you know? Right. Right. I agree. I think we will. I think we will. I mean, and I I mean, who knows? I mean, who knows? We I mean, this season was so packed. And I'm going to be honest with you, like that thing between Elijah and Klaus, I didn't see coming. And at that moment, cuz you remember we asked Joseph Morgan if there was any brotherly love left between um Elijah and Klaus because We've seen Stefan and Damon just go up and down hills from season one to season two. They hate each other, they love each other, they hate each other, they love each other. And Joseph Morgan really made it sound like Klaus is out for Klaus and Elijah is out for Elijah, in my opinion. And so I never, never expected that to happen. And changed um, his I, mind. So just be- because I mean, the way the way I heard it is, is they are dead. They're all dead. So the only thing he's going to take him to is their bodies. So for him to keep them alive for their bodies, which we've all saw what happens when a vampire dies, and they're all supposed to be vampires. So I'm wondering now if they're even dead. Are they dead? Are they alive? You know, they're what not is dead. He, what's he going to take them to? They're just demembered. They're not dead. Because you, I mean, they have said over and over and over again, you cannot kill an original without that stake and the ash from that tree. So unless he has staked oh. and ashed all his family, and even at that point, I mean, you'd just be able to take the stake out and they would be alive. So I think that he just dismembered them and put different parts of their bodies around the world and they are kind of, kind of like how the vampires in the tomb were. I think that's kind of probably the state that they're going to find them in. And because, I mean, I really don't think that, I mean, we've heard, we've heard um, Julie talk about season three being the season of the originals. And I really think that at least Klaus's and Elijah's parents are going to play a role in that. I don't know about the brothers and sisters so much, but I think that at least their parents are going to play a part in that. So they might not, you know, remember all the family, but they are going to remember some of the family. Right. Assumingly, I guess that's why he didn't kill him because if their if their bodies are still there, then there's a way to bring them back. So he that's why it was so important for him to to make that quick decision because before he thought there was no way for them to ever come back, and now he's thinking that there is. Right. So I mean, and it was going to be about putting them back I mean, together, I guess. Right, and I mean, it was a true like Salvatore moment. Like, you know, you remember Logan. You remember Logan was telling Damon, he's like, I can tell you where the tomb is. I can tell you how to get into the tomb. And that's all it took for Damon to completely change his mind and Mm -hmm. say, take me out. Take me out. Make it look like it really happened. 
And if that would have been, you know, if that would have been Stefan trying to do something to Damon, then, you know, Damon would have backed out for Elena or for Catherine and Stefan the same way. I mean, it was a true moment where, where as much as they try to turn off that human side of them, it's not turned off completely. I mean, we're talking about Elijah being the original vampire and all he wants back is his family. I mean, at this point, he can't die. He can have anybody he wants. He could, you know, he could compel people to be his family if he really wanted one that bad, you know. But um, he he really just wants that connection with the only people that are like him because he's not like the other vampires. They're not they're not a family like the originals are. So I, I don't know. This is a true moment where you can see that as much as they try to turn off that side of them, they can't always. Even after a thousand years, they can't. Right, and now eventually we're going to have little werewolf babies running around, it looks like. Little vampire-werewolf hybrid babies, so. Something. Wonder who's going to be the mommy. I don't know. I, there's so. no humans left. <laughs> <laughs> there are no humans left. They're the dying breed of Mystic right. Falls. They're the dying breed of Mystic Falls. So, um... The funeral scene was really sad. Um, I'll be honest, though, I really wanted some more emotion out of Alaric. I was really hoping that Alaric was just going to be down on his knees screaming and crying, why'd you take my Jenna? Not that that's Alaric's style, but that's why I kind of wanted it to happen. Yeah, I, really I, I do. I agree. There should have been more um, after Jenna died, even if it wasn't at the funeral. If it was right after he found out, I did want to see that, and we didn't see that, so... Who knows? Right. He'll probably go on a binge next week and sit at the I bar mean, all week true. while they fight crime. That's true. He he may go on a binge next week, and uh, he could just be in denial and really angry right now. And, um, I mean, we saw what happened to Damon. Damon just went on a binge, and then eventually he broke down, you know. It took him a, took him a couple episodes, but eventually he broke down. And um, so I think that that's probably going to kind of be how – it happens with the large, but I did kind of hope that that scene was going to be a little bit sadder, but I'll tell you the scene that won my heart that did almost, that I did almost start crying was when Damon told Stefan that he had been bit by a wolf. That was a really, really good scene because that was like, that was back to the Salvatore brothers do love each other. You saw that in Stefan's face. Stefan was scared and Paul Wesley did a really good job because you know, Paul Wesley is the best crime vampire ever. So, um, but he did a good job playing off that he loves his brother and I'll find a cure. We'll do this. We'll find a cure. It it was his top priority, you know? Yeah, and I was surprised that he told him because I figured they were going to hold that off for next week. I wasn't expecting them to do that, so. Yeah, I I, I thought maybe too, but I like how they threw it in there at the end. Um, My question is, and I don't even know if this is going to be addressed this season, but are Catherine and Alaric just going to be roommates forever? <laughs> you know, she now that Cass is gone, I can't believe. She can't leave that apartment, and Klaus is gone. Yeah, yeah she's not compelled. Yes, she is. No, she, she can leave now. She's not that apartment. She can leave now. I think she can leave now. 
I don't think she can leave now. I don't no, think I she think can. they addressed it that she was only staying now, not because she had to, but because if she left, then Klaus would know that she had been taking the vervain and he would kill her. Right, but do you think she's still going to take that chance now that now that Klaus is alive? Yeah, because he's gone. He left. Yeah, he's gone, but he looked for her for 500 years. Uh, she's got to come out. She's not going to stay in there and be letting them do all that stuff without her. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty I don't know. She didn't start taking the vervain until after he said that. I think she still has to stay in that apartment. I guess we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. Amy, you click on and say, what do you think? Oh, my God. I think that um, when she's compelled at the beginning before she took the vervain, that that's still in play, and everything afterwards is out of play. That's what I think. Well, what that's did he what say? I, did he compel her to stay in there, or did he compel he her said, to? What was the wording? He said you cannot. He leave compelled her to stay in there until he says so. Until I tell you to leave. Okay. Yeah, Maybe I think she's in there. So, Alaris might, might need to do some apartment shopping. And then here's the next question. So, is Daddy Damon going to take over custody of Elena and Jeremy? Yeah, of course he is. She already lives with him. I mean, who, I mean, it's either going to have to, <laughs> it's either going to have to be Damon or Alaric because she has no family. They live in that house by themselves. Let's be honest. I mean, they can't. Our services ain't coming. They're just going to live there. They can, but let's be serious for a minute, you know. I hope Sheriff Forbes doesn't. What? Isn't Alaric Elena's, like, stepfather? No, they didn't get married. What? Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Yeah, Alaric is Elena's stepdaddy. That is true. Because he was married to Isabel, so he's the one that stepped oh, That's true. That is true. That might come into play. That might come into play. Hey, Julian Kevin, if you're listening, don't forget he is her stepdaddy, so Alaric can get custody of them, but he's going to have to get rid of that bar. That's Let's ask good. Matt if he thinks D-Fax, that'll happen Tuesday. DFAX isn't going to ha- have that. They're not going to allow him to take in two teenagers with a full a full soft bar in his house. I don't know. That's one of our questions. How does it feel to be Elena and Jeremy's stepdaddy? There you go. <laughs> You're going to take over custody, right? It's going to, yeah, it's either going to have to be a Lark. I mean, I can only see it being a Lark or Damon. Like, and I say Damon because, I mean, Damon, uh, you know, appears to be the oldest. So it would have to be the two. Wouldn't it be funny? They're, no, they're Jeremy, just going to compel everybody to think that they can live there by themselves. They can, but... Someone said his mystic ball has defects. For this, for the sake of this conversation, they do. They can. Dad, wouldn't that be funny? That wouldn't that be funny though? If it was Daddy Damon and he got custody of Jeremy and they sit around playing Xbox together, that would be cute. Wouldn't that be cute? Uh huh. <laughs> that would I give think, me a I think the Lockwood should. I mean, the house is big enough for everybody. So it is. Mrs. Lockwood. Go ahead it is big enough for everybody. It is big enough for everybody. I mean, we've only seen two rooms. I'm sure there's like 20. So 
There is. I mean, I he has to. He can just move into a Damon's shower because it's about the size of half of my house. So, I mean, there's plenty of room. We can we can find some room. He can sleep on the couch. I don't think that Tyler's going to be very sherry, in a very big sharing mood, though. I'm not talking about Tyler. You're talking about the Lockwood? Hey. No, I didn't. I'm talking I about I was. Amber's talking about Damon Shower. Oh, see, I didn't even hear Amy. Sorry about that. It's okay. <laughs> Someone <laughs> said, I don't think Jeremy and Elena should get another parent. They all end up dead. Well, <laughs> technically, Damon's dying right now, so that would be the perfect time for him to go ahead and sign those adoption papers. Jeremy Salvatore. That's it. Aren't they that casting for a new? Aren't they casting for a new Ian? Do you think what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy Damon, everybody. No, I really do hope they address that. That'd be interesting. That would be interesting. Maybe Caroline's dad will come back and adopt him. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. What yes, else do we please. need to recap? That's it. That's I it. mean, the sacrifice itself was not as badass as I wanted it to be. Well, let's count how many dead did we have, because the rule was there was going to be three dead. Did we reach that? I think we did, right? Four. There was four. Yeah, it was Greta, Jules. John and Jenna, the three Jays. John and, and Jenna, right? Is that all of them? It is, right? Yeah, for this episode, yeah. Okay, so yeah, and four people died. What I don't do know what's going to happen next week. Let's talk about it. What do we think is going to happen next week? Yeah, let's talk about it. I honestly, I don't know because you know after we did this is why this is what listen guys the Vampire Diaries month of May is amazing, but sometimes you have a couple guests that are on before the season finale that mess you up. And Paul Summers messed me up a little bit. So, you know, he said this week a lot of storylines were going to end. And he was right. A lot of storylines did end. And they left it open for new storylines to begin, you know, like Caroline and Tyler, uh, things like that. So, oh, that's what talk about. We didn't talk about Caroline running from Tyler all night. Right. It didn't really fit in the episode to me. <laughs> it was just odd. They went from, like, Sacrifice wolf chase. Sacrifice wolf chase. You know what, though? I think it's about damn time that Matt stepped up and found his balls. I mean, let's be honest. Yes. I'm 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 enjoying this and I hope that it keeps up and I if he tells her next week that he can't be with her because this is too much, then I'm gonna go find him and Mr. Falls and slap him because He already said that. He told her that. Yeah, but I, I think nice. that was a shock from the night. I think next week that he's going to step up and act right. I don't think that's going to be – I hope that's not going to be the way he's going to stay. Just because, I mean, if he can run around with a gun doing what he needs to do, then he can get his shit together and they can move on. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I – think that Matt is not going to come back to Caroline, and I think that Matt was looking out for Matt last night. I don't really think that he cared too much about protecting Caroline and all that stuff, and I mean, there were parts where he trusted her, 
but he cannot get past Vicky's death. And, I mean, he was right. He has a lot of crap going on in his life. But, I I mean, I think that if it would have came down to it, he would have shot Caroline if he had to. I mean, I really think that Matt was looking out for Matt because he's tired of all the lies and everything. Like, I mean, I don't think I don't think he's coming back to Caroline. I think they're leaving that open for season three. I think that Damon, we're not going to know if Damon's dead until season three. I think that, I mean, there's a lot of things that are going to hang in balance. There, there's going to be some cliffhangers that are going to start. Tyler. The I think Tyler should bite Matt. I think Tyler should bite Matt. Why? And turn him into a werewolf. Is that what would happen? Yes, I don't know. That's what, how it happens in all the werewolf stories. You know, you get scratched or you get bit. But I don't know how it is in Mystic Falls. Someone just tweeted, my friend Liz just tweeted me and said, it kind of seemed to me like they buried Jenna and John in secret. So maybe if no one knows, then the custody isn't an issue. Which is true. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That's what I was saying. I don't think that it's going to be an issue. Because, I mean, they're all enough to take care of themselves, and, and it's not like child services is running around. The so I just what? don't think it's going to be an issue. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see. It's just funny to talk about. I think it's just funny to talk about. So, so yeah, I think that um, any other storyline that's open right now is going to be in limbo next week. I don't think they're closing any more storylines. I think it's going to be an in limbo I don't think we're going to see Klaus and Wyja again until next season. I don't think they're going to show up next week because there's no reason for them to. So, I, I mean, you know, Klaus and Elijah's story, that's a new beginning. The stuff with yeah. Damon, that's a new beginning. Tyler and Caroline, that's a new beginning. So pretty much what Paul Summer said was true. They closed several storylines last night and at the same time opened up new ones that they'll explore a little bit next week and then we're, we're done until season three comes back. Yeah, so I, think- I mean, week is going to be about curing Damon and about Elena and Jeremy dealing with Jenna. That's what I think next week is going to be about. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Oh, I so mean, they're all going to run around and do everything that they can do. And Alaric, to, to Alaric too. I, I think the, how Alaric deals with it is going to be key as well. And let's not forget, let's not forget when Jules started, got bit, how she went a little nuts and started doing things she shouldn't be doing. So I think we're going to see a whole lot of Damon being really, really bad. Yeah, I do too. And, you know, um, actually a few people have said this when we've talked about this a little bit. You remember when, um, you know, Rose got bit and Damon asked Jules, he said, how do I cure a werewolf bite? And she said, bite me. And she really might have been underlining telling him that that's what he needs to do is bite a werewolf, and he will be cured. She may have been underlined, and, you know, Damon doesn't think about things like that. He just thinks that she's being a bitch and doesn't want to give him the answer, but she might have really given him the answer, and he just doesn't know it. Right. So, you know, who knows? I think knows? that Elijah's going to be who they need to go to, though, for the answer to that. And I wonder if we'll see him or if they're – you think they'll be completely gone, and I think they will be too, but but I wonder if um, if that's who they're going to be trying to find because he seems to know more than, than anyone at this point. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I, you're right, and I think that Elijah's still going to come into play, but it's not going to be next week. They're not going to see Elijah until next week. And then maybe at that point he'll say, you know, well, all you need to do is buy a werewolf. I just didn't want to tell you. Because <laughs> you know Damon's done got on both of their last nerves. Damon has done really got on their nerves. So, I mean, who knows? I mean, there's got to be – I think there's going to be a cure. And, I mean, we don't know what would have happened to Rose because Damon killed her. We don't know what would have happened. If she would have died, I mean, they've never met – I mean, everybody says because of, you know, folktales say a werewolf like kills a vampire, but has anybody ever vet, met – a vampire that knew another vampire that had been bit by a wolf and died? No. So they don't know. This is hearsay. They have no idea. Right, and he killed Rose before she could die. So, I mean, who's to say that something couldn't have been done? I mean, I think it just drives them so crazy that they do something to themselves. They may not necessarily would die. They might just go completely freaking nuts and need to be in a mental hospital. Right. Right. I mean, who knows? Who's that? Who knows? Who knows? I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Anything else on the show? I don't know. I think that's um about everything. Let's talk about the vigil and the awesome garden party that we're going to do before we go off tonight. All right. Um, guys, May 14th, we're going to have a candlelight vigil here in Covington, Georgia, right on the square where they film the show. We're going to do it just like they do on the show. We're going to have candles and all that great stuff. Um, Rob Prago is going to be, be there as long as he's not called away to shoot filming anywhere. He played Mayor Lockwood in season one. Um, our very own Just Josh is going to come, and he's going to um, precipitate over the whole thing because he is an ordained minister. Um, not only are we going to do the candlelight vigil and have just put on a great show and that type of thing, but we're also going to be auctioning awesome stuff. And all of that will go to charity, the Angels Among Us charity. Um, as you know, since we've been doing the month of May, we've been having a lot of guests on, and so far... Several of those guests have offered to send us some signed stuff, so make sure the candlelight vigil is completely free. But remember, we're going to have things being sold there for the, that are show-related, and we're also going to auction off a few things. And those things, all the money is going to go to charity. So we're really excited about that. And people like um, Sarah Canning, who's, who's died and she's not coming back, Hopefully, we're going to get something from her, so it may be your very last chance to get a piece of Sarah, you know, at, so to speak, at, you know, something signed by her or whatnot. So, you know, we're really just excited to kind of bring everybody together, and it's right after the finale, so you'll get to talk finale, and get to, you'll get to talk the way Amber and I do for every week. You'll get to sit with people that are just as enthralled and as into the show as you are, because I don't know, some people say that they, when I do the tours, I notice that not everyone is as lucky as us and has people to talk to, to shoot ideas with and, and talk show without them thinking that they're crazy. So this is, you know, the perfect opportunity, obviously, to do that. And um, besides the candlelight vigil, we're also um, vampire stalkers, which is me and my daughter, Brandon, are going to be throwing a garden party at the Lockwood Mansion. So for anyone that's taken my tour and didn't get to go to the Lockwood Mansion because it is a new addition, or anyone that just 
wants to party at the Lockwood Mansion because, I mean, how cool is it to say you went to a party at the Lockwood Mansion or you just want to see the baby swans, you know, whatever your reasoning may be. Um, we're going to do that at 2 on May 14th. It's going to be from 2 to 4. So even if you're a little late, it's okay. It's drop-in style. You can stay 10 minutes or you can stay the entire two hours. But it's going to be the perfect opportunity to come hang out at Lockwood, to get pictures just like the Lockwood did. They've got some set props there that you can see that are really great, and the tickets for that are only $20. Um, we are charging for that because, A, we're going to have snacks and stuff, and, B, these homeowners have the most magnificent yard you will ever see, and they have been working their butts off planting flowers and getting it up to par for us to be able to do this. And, you know, we want to give them give a little bit of something back to them because they're so gracious and they just love to have people to their home and they let them walk around and do what they want to do. And so I'm really excited about this. But I do need you to prepay for your tickets for this event. So if you want to come to the garden party, you need to go to VampireStockers.com and there is a post and it says garden party. Click on it, and there is a PayPal button. If you don't have PayPal, you can play via your debit or credit card. If you don't have a debit or credit card and you don't have PayPal, but you absolutely want to come, email me, and we'll work something out. But the reason I'm doing prepayment for this is because it is their money, and I want to make sure we're going to do – you're going to have a ticket to come in with so or your receipt, one or the other, and – I don't want to have somebody have to sit at the gate all day long taking money and not enjoying the party. So if you have a ticket, you'll come in, and if you don't, you won't. So that's the reason for the prepayment. So I hope everybody understands and, and doesn't how many mind tickets have you sold so far? Do what? How many have you sold so far? I have only sold five tickets so far, but I've had around 20 people that have RSVP'd back yes because I said that I wasn't going to do it unless I had 20 people. So... That being said, I know that I have 20 RSVPs, but I need to sell 20 tickets. So I'm not saying if you absolutely can't pay until the day of the event that you won't get to come because I will try to work that out for people, but I need for people to prepay because this is, you know, it's a big deal for someone to open up their house for somebody for two hours. And it's a beautiful yard. It's totally worth the money. Anybody that's been there can tell you. All you have to do is tweet and say, is it worth twenty dollars to go Lockwood Mansion? And I promise you, if you've got TVD fans that have taken my tour on your Twitter feed, that you're going to get at least ten responses back, and they're all going to say yes. So it's worth it. Right. Hey, also, someone asked in chat if they would be able to speak at the visual. Um, I don't have a problem with that. We're just going to keep it limited to the first like three or four people that send us something in. And I, the only thing we ask is that it's not like six pages of Stuff that you want to speak. We do want people to speak, so just email me or Amy or leave us a comment on the Facebook and let us know that you want to speak and kind of give us an idea, maybe a pre-written up what you want to say so we can improve it and uh, just make sure that it's not too long because we can't have people up there reading off five, six pages, and you know, because we can't move on with the rest of the festivities. That's okay, it. sounds good. And I will be doing full tours that day, but I've got limited space for that, so people need to let me know as soon as possible if you want to do that. So, But I'm just really excited about this visual. And, you know, this is the VRO's thing. This is going to be awesome and cool. We're going to be video, and we're going to be putting it online. 
I'm sure that Julie and Kevin are going to love it. And if it works out, if we have enough people and it's a fun time, then this is something that we're going to try to do at least once a year, maybe more often. So this is kind of our stick your feet in and see if they get wet deal. You know, we want to see how it works out. So y'all let us know. If you want more events like this, then we're more than happy to do it. But we got to kind of know, you know, if y'all have fun or not, if you want to come back, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Jess will also be taking pictures and signing autographs. Oh, my God. Do not even oh, say that. We all will be, all of us. Autographs are $10 a person. Because Jess had a few people come up to her at the convention that were really excited to meet her, and it was really sweet. So I'm just picking on her. I'm just picking on her. That's not true. We're, we don't do that kind of stuff. We're just a couple oh. of staff. We're just kind of little back. I will with you if you want it, but that's it. I'll draw the line after that. I will have Jess and Amber at a table signing autographs. It's going to be $5 an autograph, $10 for a picture. If you want both no. of them, $15. No. No. We're <laughs> being. No. Yeah, we're joking, guys. We're so joking. <laughs> but the money is going to a good cause, so maybe, you know. No, no, because then I'd have to show a little something, and I don't think people are ready for that. Oh, Candace just tweeted, <laughs> if you didn't see it, it says, thanks, Ad Ernesto Riley, for driving my carless butt to the tow lot, and thanks at the VRO for, join, for joining the ride. Never a dull moment. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, that is cool. Yes, she, she basically booked um, Matt Davis for us. That's right. She was totally cool about that. So I, I can't wait. And how cool is it? See, that just gives you an idea. If you never know what you're going to get with the VRO, you got a two-for-one tonight, and Matt's the one who said y'all get a two-for-one because if we heard him. So. No, it's true because a couple of weeks ago we just randomly gave away a T-shirt, you know, and then now, you know, we have two or three people calling in. You never know. And we don't know either, guys. I mean, we, we book these shows. We have no idea what's going down. We didn't know that Candace was going to be calling from her car and that Matt Davis was going to be with her. I mean, honestly, when we first booked Candace, we thought she was going to be calling with her manager and that we were going to have 20 minutes. And yeah, 20 it minutes. turned into something completely different. She was like, no, I'll stay on as long as y'all need me to because I'm just sitting on the side of the road. So, I mean, she stayed with us. She answered all the questions. Um, Matt Davis was there having a good time. Matt Davis, I mean, the, the end thing was funny. I'm glad we brought that up. So he thought that was funny. So, I mean, you know, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, if you guys heard Paul Summers' interview this week, Paul told a couple really good, embarrassing stories about a couple of the cast members that was really fun. If you haven't listened to Joseph Morgan yet, you really need to listen to that interview because the man is a genius. And, I mean, and we're just bringing them. We're just bringing them. And we, you never know what's going to happen on the VRO. I mean, it's like Vegas. It really is. <laughs> Like Vegas. And, me, um, and actually, sometimes you know, me and Jess do do the shows naked, so it is a lot like Vegas. Dino said he wanted to apologize. He thought his interview was a little boring, but I told him he did great. He just he said he's not a big sci-fi fan, and um, he's very he's very sorry for a lot of you. And he's thinking about Twitter. 
Although his name is not going to be Hot Dog. Sorry, Arwen. Well, I'm sorry, Arwen, but I don't like the Hot Dog name. We'll have to come up with something a little bit more manly for him. Well, here's the thing about Gino, though, is that I think that um, the questions were just confusing because the vampire genre is not sci-fi. It's folklore. It's supernatural. Yeah, but he had done, he had done a sci-fi movie too, and I think that's right. why a lot of the, the fans that called in they up, were asking sci-fi questions. Well, they were kind of mixing it up though, because I mean, I think there was one person that said sci-fi and vampire in the same question, you know. So I think he was just getting a little confused. I thought the interview was fun. I did too. I, I liked. Laughed. He was definitely having a good time, and that's all that matters in my eyes. When the guest is having fun and we're getting asked him the questions that we want to ask him, then it's all good, you know. Yes, and I know a lot of people loved the the story about the chance. Yeah. Yes. We're yes. still getting emails about did he actually say titty? And I was like, Yes, he did. Uh-huh. He did, and then you know how funny was it last night that Brian James was like, "Now I can't forget that chant. I I can recite it every day now, so now I can't forget it." Yeah, I think it's pretty cool that um, that they make they use half real words and half made up words. I, you know, I can't imagine trying to remember something that it's obviously if it's a made up word, it probably doesn't flow very well off your tongue. Right. Probably not. What was that? It would be kind of okay. like a foreign language. Well, I say we get off here. It is Friday night. Um, yes. Everybody remember, um, Monday night we have, what's his name, Amy? I knew you were going to ask me again. I think it, it's Sean Kingston. I think it's Kingston. or so. I know I'm going to screw up his last name. That's why I'm not doing the interview. Okay. He plays Deacon on The Young and the Restless. And he'll be on at our normal time. Tuesday night we will have Matt Davis at Ernesto Riley, pending confirmation back from him that he definitely wants the show. Um, Wednesday night we will have Sarah Canning, and um, let's remember, guys, this may be the last last we hear of her for a little while because she's gone. You know, so we don't know what she's going to do. I can tell you that she has already went home to Canada. I don't know if we're good or not, but I know that is where, she, you know, that she's gone. So that makes me a little sad, you know. And um, so I, I'm anxious to talk to her Wednesday night, and I know everybody has a lot of questions for her. Um, Friday night we have Susan Walters, and she plays Mrs. Lockwood. So that will be a lot of fun. So we'll have her on. And that will be the day after the finale. We'll get to talk finale with her. And then Saturday we have the vigil and the garden party at Lockwood Mansion. So we've got another full week coming up, that's for sure. Sunday Sunday is our three-year anniversary, and that's um, VRO's three-year and Amber and Jess's second-year anniversary? First year. It'll be one year. Oh, goodness, one year. One year. There you go. Oh, so far we have came. <laughs> One year, yep. And now we're doing wow. all this in between. I have finals, papers due, and my chemical romance. So, and Jess has tours. Jess has kids. I mean, we're it's going to be really busy for the two of us. So if we get on here and we sound like we have been smoking dope all day, it's probably because that's how we feel. <laughs> 
are bad, kids. Drugs are bad. <laughs> Drugs are bad. That's all right. I just told you that we do the show naked sometimes and piles of cocaine around us. We keep that coke on stock so we don't sound like that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And on that note, we are going to say goodbye. All right. Good night, guys. Good night. And remember to send your questions in. No excuses. Yes. Please send them in for Sarah and Matt and Susan. Sarah, Matt, and Susan, we need questions. Please send them in. Night, guys. Do you love movies, music, books, television? You do? Then come on over to the VRO on Blog Talk Radio. We have shows for all your obsessions. Vampires, we've got them. The latest blockbuster movies, they're right here. Bands and books, music and fiction, it's all at the VRO. What are you waiting for? Log on to the VRO today. www.thevro.com Want more of the VRO? Visit us at thevro.com.